<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everyone, we're here for another GabFest special. I'm pretending that I'm a news reporter. John actually is a news reporter. David's phone connection didn't work, so it's just the two of us. Okay, so uh, the House health care bill has been pulled from the floor. It will not come up for a vote today. John, what happened? By the way, we should just note that this is our this is a breaking news of breaking news. This is like our third update. We're we're basically I one know. step away from being a wire service. Um, so what happened was the <laughs> Donald Trump said, uh, "Come hell or high water, he's going to have them take the vote." That was uh, either. Uh, a big, big gamble, or it was a negotiating posture telling people that, uh, you know, um, it's kind of the last tool you can use in the in the negotiator's toolkit. Um, and then it didn't work. They couldn't get the votes. Paul Ryan went, went over to the White House, explained that they couldn't get the votes. The problem was the, the old bump in the rug problem. Uh, every time they push down the bump in one place, it shows up in another. So they were taking away the essential health benefits from the, not taking them away, but allowing states to have control over them uh, to win over conservative votes. But every time they got a couple over there, they lost uh, uh, moderate votes, including the chairman of the House Appropriations Committee, um, Freeling Eisen. So they couldn't get it. And so they had to pull the bill rather than have people embarrassed by taking a vote that would be politically painful for no purpose on a thing that died. Now, not sure where we go from here. Right. And I guess there's the question of substance. Does Obamacare continue without changes? Do the healthcare exchanges improve or, or decline? And then there's the political fallout, which I think will be more immediate right. and kind of juicier. What are your thoughts I, about that? Yeah, the political fallout, what interests me is, is Donald Trump going to blame Paul Ryan? Now, he's told Robert Costo of the Washington Post, I don't blame Paul. Okay. So that's what he said. The reason this is important is obviously if they want to do anything on health care or anything on anything else, as a you know, they need to be in sync. And there's been a lot of finger pointing all day. Buses are idling as um, supporters of the president figure out who to throw under the bus. And most of them have picked Paul Ryan. And they've said, you know, oh, well, Paul Ryan kind of hoodwinked him into this. And this was all Ryan's doing. And Trump put his faith in Ryan. They've been working hand in hand or hand in glove or in sync uh, since this started. So you can't really say that. And and um, so the question is, what will the stories, the background stories and the briefings that, that fill the papers, what are those going to look like? Is there going to be a lot of blame of Paul Ryan or is it going to be blame of the, the Freedom Caucus and um, those conservatives in the, in the Republican uh, ranks who uh, just wouldn't sign on to this bill? I think we see a bright line at the, that shows us the limitations of the president's power in his own party. That was something that was that we've learned. And then I think the question is, again, like, well, does he go up this hill again or does he move on to tax reform? Tax reform is not going to be any easier. Why not? Well, because you have competing priorities in tax reform the way you do mm-hmm. on health care. And you have the lobbyists getting involved even at an even greater level. And the lobbyists raise the money for a lot of the members. So you ha- you're going to have a lot of pushing and pulling. Max Bacchus worked on the, uh, on tax reform with Dave Camp for five years, a bipartisan effort, and it got nowhere because of all the the nettlesome, difficult items in it. So, And it's going to require this, again,
again, strange marriage between Donald Trump, who likes things to be pretty simple and straightforward, and Paul Ryan, who recognizes the complexity in some of these things. I guess the final point I would make is that this was a test of Donald Trump's ability as a marketer. He did not add necessarily any special sauce to this. I mean, he, you know, he gave a rally and a half. He didn't really push this so much in those rallies. One, he was distracted by the second travel ban getting uh, held back by a Hawaiian judge, but he didn't add the special marketer's touch or the special negotiator's touch to this in any way that would fulfill the promise of his presidency. Remember, the promise of the Trump presidency was that he, above all, could fix it, could fix Washington. This wasn't just, hey, he's a guy who doesn't have an experience, and this will be hard, and maybe he'll win some, and maybe he'll lose some. His promise was he has unique and special talents in the two things that were at issue on this bill. One, the ability to market a complicated thing to the public, and two, the ability to negotiate with tricky people. And in this case, he was just negotiating with his own party. So I think, you know, he has run into the reality of other branches of government, first on the travel ban and now on this. And it it's what happens to presidents. They get constrained by the system in which they operate. I mean, think about it. This is a huge win for him this week as Neil Gorsuch kind of sails through the Judiciary Committee. So on the one hand, he's doing something that'll change the law for 30 years or have an effect on the law for 30 years or so, assuming Gorsuch has a long tenure on the court. And yet he's now also feeling another or his second big loss in his presidency. Right. And his claim to a magic touch is gone, at least for now. And there is a way in which Trump's whole presidency shimmers with this notion that he is different and special and a magician in a way that no other president has been. And now we're sort of watching that crumble. We are. And I think also, in this case, they can't blame the Democrats. Um, This was purely within their own party. That's another way in which this is a tricky situation for him because he can't default to his normal response. And um, it'll be fascinating. Usually when he gets in a pickle, there's a diversionary moment afterward. And I think one of the tests of his presidency coming out of this is how do you deal with failure? And do you close ranks and say, we'll get him again tomorrow, which is actually an act of unity? Uh, Or do you start the finger pointing and the diverting, um, which can make things even more chaotic? Or does the news overtake you? We will watch and we will see. I'm going to let you go because I'm sure you have more television to do. Um, But thank you. Thanks, Emily. Good to talk to you. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.